Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I've been waiting to talk to uh, our next guest on the programme for quite some time. The reason being he has been travelling the world. It's what he does for work. More about that in a minute. We came across Captain Mark Maguire. Um, looking into, we were looking into the cost of shipping stuff. I was talking to a guy at his earlier this year now. And he was telling me he brings in a lot of stuff on shipping containers from Italy. Actually, he brings in stone, quartz, you know, these worktop things. And he said that a, a ship or a container load of it used to cost, now I'm taking the figures off the top of my head, a container load of it used to cost 3000 to bring in. Now a container load of it costs 23000 to bring in. And that's an across-the-board story. And of course, it's adding to the cost of living, the cost of importation, the cost of everything. One of the reasons that Captain Mark Maguire knows enough, so much about this is that for 22 years, he has been working at sea in that very, very business and indeed other related businesses. And just back from three months in uh, three months at sea, we'll go through that in a minute. Mark, and also quite well known and well followed on TikTok, which is where we found you, Mark. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Watching your video again this morning about the cost of transport and the cost of shipping containers and, and all of that. And there's others besides. Before, before I talk to you about those, what persuaded you or what what was your? Why did you start doing this stuff on TikTok? Was it just a, a spur of the moment? You had a half an hour to spare and said, "I'll try it," or what? Well, it was kind of like that. Yeah, um, I started doing it around December of last year, just out of boredom. Really, um, you would have a few extra hours there in the evening at sea, and uh, we have fairly good internet now. So I said, "All right, I'll have a look at TikTok." Didn't think much of it, and uh, I said, "I just start posting a few things here and there." And after a few days, I had a few followers, a few weeks, I had a few thousand, and now we're up to about 80,000, and people seem to be enjoying it. I think it's because it's simple, common-sense explanation of, of things that appear to be a mystery to us. Like that guy I was talking to earlier in the year, his container load of quartz, quartz, slabs of quartz, were costing him, for argument's sake, three grand a time to come from Italy. Now they were costing him 23. Why did it? Why did it get so so expensive for this stuff to move around the world? Well, it's kind of supply and demand, really. Um, you have a lot of price increases around the place. You have COVID-19, of course, which was the main problem because you have shortages in um, staff in a lot of the ports. 
you have lockdowns in China and you have a lack of containers and a lack of ships. So it's kind of snowballed from there. The big ship that got stuck in the canal. Uh, now, yeah, they that, were that held stuff up for months on end. That added to the problem. It did because you have a bottleneck there and it, it, it costs anything between some say two billion and some say four billion um, for that week that she was stuck in there. But you can see how the, the global market there is so susceptible to any kind of um, rapid change, you know. Yeah, so much of the stuff that we use day to day and so much of the stuff that we buy has to come from, from Asia. And we don't realise yes. it can spend many weeks, if not months at sea. It can, yeah. And a lot of it is raw materials, of course, not just finished products. You know, people think you're buying a lot of stuff from China, um, a lot of your finished products. But a lot of our raw materials come from there as well. A lot of chemicals that are used in manufacturing around Europe, of course, as well. And if you have any slowdown there, then you have a slowdown in manufacturing um, across Europe and across the United States, of course, where we buy a lot of our products from too. Um, of course, in China, you still have a lot of lockdowns that are happening. Uh, when I was there recently, Shanghai was locked down. So, you know, you have 10, 20 million people locked down, can't leave their houses, can't go to work. And of course, everything stops. And then you just have this situation where it's kind of chicken and the egg and you can't get the products out. And so that, you can't get the products made. Yes, that's China where lockdown is lockdown like. Yes, very much so, lockdown. Like when I was there, we had a lockdown um, in Tianjin, which is a port up in the north, and there was one case of COVID found, and there was a lockdown of 10 miles around the area. Now, the port kept working, but they lock everybody into the port, but everybody outside that was locked down. So you're talking about 5 or 10 million people there who are literally just, that's it, shuts doors, you can't go out. Wow. Well, and of course, that, that, and that's that, continuing. That's still going on. That yeah. stops everybody. Now, another thing that, of course, has gone through the roof is the cost of fuel. The cost of fueling a vessel that's gone up as well, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. Well, it fluctuates wildly. Of course, um, like for example, during my last trip when I joined, it was about six hundred and sixty dollars a ton. Now, when we're going at top speed, we're burning about six tons an hour, and then. Two months later, it was $1,100 a ton. So that's a considerable jump. Double. And then by the time I had, yeah, exactly. And then by the time I had got off the ship, it was back down to about 880. So you're talking thousands of dollars an hour increase in cost. And if you take it like the company that I work for, Maersk, they have 700 ships. You know, in the course of a day, that's hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars in fuel costs changing just like that. So the cost of, obviously the cost of loading just one shipping container onto a tank, the amount of money it costs to actually drive. So you're talking several, six, what, six tons an hour at $880 a ton, and this thing can be at sea for weeks. Yeah, and you're just talking fuel alone, not the other operating costs associated, and then all the port costs, of course, on top of that, maintenance feeding crew and all that kind of stuff and you also have all the por all the um, costs that go into the port operations and then the transport and infrastructure after the port trucking etc so when you have shortages and bottlenecks in one place it's going to cause a domino effect further on yeah you mentioned as well of course the simple uh, supply and demand principle of capitalism that's going on too that's it it is, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, companies are out to make money. Nobody was complaining when container costs were, 
you know, rock bottom, you could ship a container there at one point for a couple of hundred dollars. Now it's several thousand dollars, you know, so make hay when, while the sun shines kind yeah. of idea. Indeed. Your own work, you're 22 years uh, at, at sea and travelling the world. You're just back from three months away. Where have you been? Yeah, um, started in the Adriatic. I joined in Copa in Slovenia and we went to Italy and Croatia, Egypt, Saudi, Oman. And we go to Singapore and we do a few ports in China and Korea and then it's back to China and Singapore again and we make our way back. So it's almost exactly three months round trip. And what exa- what are you doing? Are you actually up in the in the bridge or what are you at? Well, I'm I'm kind of on call twenty four seven. I don't do a huge amount of time on the bridge anymore because at sea you go from third officer, second officer, and then chief officer, and they do four hour watches, eight hour on, and then four hour on again. So they cover the whole day while we're at sea. The rest of the time, I'm mostly doing admin these days. <laughs> okay, so you're 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 running you're running the business from on board. Yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, and we're in close contact with everything ashore, and there's a thousand and one things to do on board a ship of that size every day. You know, there's a lot of maintenance going on. Mm. Um, We have to do our training and our drills and, you know, just the day-to-day life that goes on on board ship is just like life in in any business and any life ashore. These enormous container vessels, we see some of the, and they they would be the smaller ones coming into, say, Ring of Skiddy. Like, how many crew are on those things, Mark? Um, On my ship, there's about two dozen um, the smaller ones that you see coming into Cork and that probably have um, maybe 15, something like that. Um, we, are, we could run our ship on with 18 people, but you wouldn't get much maintenance done with that. But generally around 24 people on a ship um, the size of the one I'm on. And how big is your ship then? Um, we, we can carry 15,000 containers on my ship. She's about uh, 153,000 tonnes. So she's one of the bigger ships in the world at the moment. It's something, what, bigger than Parky Cueve, I suppose? <laughs> yeah, she's 353 metres long, so she's about um, maybe two and a bit Parky Cueves, I guess. <laughs> how, did you get in, how did you get into that as a young fan? Um, well, I was living, I live in Cork McSherry, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of good seafaring people around here. And my brother went to sea ahead of me. He's, uh, he's 10 years my elder, and uh, he's a sea captain as well. He works for um, the cruise lines. And uh, sure, when he was coming home, you'd see all the nice places he'd been to and the photographs he'd bring back and things like that. And there was a lot of people uh, in the area, like our neighbour, Donny Hunt. He was at sea for many, many years as a bosun, and he'd be regaling you with stories from all over the world as well. And I said, that sounds a bit bigger than Court McSherry, I might give it a go. And uh, once I got out and got into it, I thought, okay, this is the life for me. <laughs> and uh, the rest of the street. <laughs> yeah. Like your job now and, and the job compared to the job of captaining a cruise ship, how, how different are they? Uh, quite different, I would say. None of my cargo talks back to me, so that's quite <laughs> a bonus for me. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the trade routes around the country have been plagued, Mark, with, with piracy. Have you ever come across pirates? Yeah, yeah. We we actually passed through the um, the high-risk piracy area um, every trip, twice a trip, through Somalia. Um, now, it has calmed down a huge amount in the last few years, thanks to um, serious naval operations going on internationally in the area. Um, but 
way back when it was very bad, we were chased by pirates for a couple of hours. Um, three skiffs with a couple of guys on board uh, followed our ship um, for about an hour or so and then broke off the chase. Um, so that was... Um, that was quite an experience, mm. not one that I would like to repeat. They're small little motorboats, aren't they? They are. They're yeah. just like an open top, um, yeah. like a large open top speedboat. Yeah. And they'd have four or five, four, five fellas inside it. And they'd try and see what's the best way of getting on board if they can. Yeah. No, um, it's, it was it was quite rare. Um, like a container ship, the size of the woman on now has never been successfully boarded, thankfully. Yeah. But uh, as I say, in Somalia, it's it's gone way down now. Where the problem lies now is in the west coast of Africa, the Gulf of Guinea. It's got quite bad there. And you have some sort of small-scale stuff, especially around the Singapore Straits. So, so yeah. piracy is still uh, still a very real threat around the world. Yeah. It's kind of hard to imagine a couple of fellas in, in a small open-top speedboat actually managing to, to get on board one of the huge things that that you're in charge of. How would they board? Yeah, they usually do it like grappling hooks and ladders and things like that. Um, you know, desperate people will do desperate things. Um, if anybody's ever seen the Captain Phillips movie, that's quite a good representation of, um, of how it happens. Wow. Um, they, they'll try and climb on board and then they just try and take over the command of the ship. Um, we, we lock the guys away in a, in a, in a citadel and um, just kind of switch everything off and get in touch with um, naval authorities and hopefully somebody will come and help us out. Uh, in the Somali area, there's always somebody pretty close by. So, um, yeah, we, we we feel pretty safe these days, I must say. That's good. Now, I, someone on the phone is asking this question. I, I, never, I never heard of it, but I don't know whether you can or not. Can you book a kind of a discount cruise by getting a cabin and getting a job on a container ship? Some people, well, pre-pandemic you were able to do that, all right. Um, weren't able to do my company, but there are definitely companies around the world that do have passenger cabins oh. on board and you could yeah yeah and you could book from let's say Europe to Australia and um it would take you you know maybe a couple of months but you'd get there and um you you wouldn't be part of the crew now you wouldn't be able to work on board or anything because to work on board our ships you have to have all sorts of specialist training um done but you could certainly travel as a passenger yeah right yeah. that's amazing that's amazing so when yeah. are you, when are you when are you off again uh, I'm off now for three months, right. so I'm not heading back now until uh, the middle of November. So I have a few holiday plans and uh, plenty of jobs around the house that yeah. kind of build up over three months. Yeah, have, <laughs> have you have you family? I do, I do. I have a wife, my wife Donna, and uh, my son Fionn. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, we 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 were well used to this lifestyle now. Yeah, yeah. Where does a fellow, though, who's seen probably every corner of the world and then some go for his holidays? Are you going to tell me Cormac Sherry, aren't you? <laughs> I try to spend as much time around Cormac Sherry as I can because absence makes the heart grow fonder, of course. But uh, we're heading off to Italy in, uh, in in a couple of weeks. My wife has um, a, a bit of work to do down there and we're going to make a holiday out of it as well. Right. So, um, yeah, I love Italy. Yeah. So we're going to enjoy that. Fascinating to talk to you, Mark, and uh, safe seafaring when you're back out there. Uh, that's Captain Mark Maguire, Corkman, uh, travels the world and the shipping container lines with uh, making Maersk is his is his company, and they are, he goes out for three months and he's back for three months and out for three months and back for three months, and now he's going off to Italy on holidays. 
pirates. So there, you hear the stories, and they're true. Quartz 96 FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.